there are a few topics that I've been considering for today, January 1st, first Sunday of 2023. But by Tuesday, uh, one topic was remaining in my head. And by Tuesday, you have to get to work. So that's the topic, and the topic is the session of Christ. For most of you, that would be a strange term or topic. But it simply means the sitting down of Christ after his ascension. Now, this really is a, a new year. And I am looking at 2023 from a pastor's perspective. And I am looking at all kinds of things, and I am sure you do as well, that, that worries me. So as I was thinking about 2023, I wanted to see Christ sitting down on his throne. That's what I wanted to see. Not today, at least for not today, I did not want to think about what to do, how to do, not even blessings. We need God's blessing, God's blessings. But I want to forget about all of that today to simply to focus on Jesus Christ sitting down to forget about us. As Psalm says, 46, cease striving and know that I am God. So that's what I want to do. I will begin with the creeds and the confessions, and then I will look at all those texts briefly to explain the meaning of this. I've never heard sermon on this topic. I've never preached on this topic. So I am giving all that I have gleaned this week by the grace of God, and I, I am pretty sure this will pay dividends in coming weeks and months, and throughout 2023, I want you to see Christ sitting down, no matter what happens. That's what I want you to see. Let's begin with the Apostles' Creed. I want you to turn there. Uh, we recite, we, most of you, we, we remember this. Uh, we, we know this by heart. But I want you to look at it, actually. Turn to the text of the Apostles' Creed. As you know, this is not written by the Apostles. Uh, but the content is apostolic teaching. So usually people say from 8200 to 300, the beginning form of the Apostles' Creed was already there. But as you can see, this is a, a Trinitarian creed. It says, I believe in God the Father, in Jesus Christ, and in Holy Ghost. And the Church of Jesus Christ has been teaching this for almost 2,000 years. But I want you to look at the second paragraph, that Jesus Christ section, all the way down. And after death, there it, there it is, ascended into heaven. That's ascension of Christ. He ascended into heaven. What's the second one? And 
sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So resurrection is the one, first one. Second one is ascension. And the third one is sitting down, sitting on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's the session. And the last one is he will come back, his return. So, have you noticed that? You, you, you sometimes we mindlessly, we just recite. But the session of Christ received a distinct phrase in the Apostles' Creed. Usually we divide Christ's life into sections. Justification, two sections. Obedience, two aspects. Life of Christ is usually talked about in two aspects. One of humiliation and one of exaltation. Uh, humiliation, incarnation, life, death, burial. Exaltation begins with resurrection, ascension, session, and the return. So, larger catechism. If, if you look at larger catechism, I gave you in this, uh, in our bulletin. If you turn there, question 51. What was the estate of Christ's exaltation? The estate of Christ's exaltation comprehendeth his resurrection, ascension, and here it is. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the fourth one, he's coming again to judge the world. Basically the same as the Apostles' Creed. So question 54, we are skipping few and get down to that sitting. So how is Christ exalted in his sitting at the right hand of God? And you cannot improve upon this text. Christ is exalted in his sitting at the right hand of God in that as God-man, he is advanced to the highest favor with God the Father with all fullness of joy, glory, and power of all things in heaven and in and earth, and thus gather and defend his church and subdue the enemies, furnishes his ministers and people with gifts and graces and maketh intercession for them. So his session really has to do with his ongoing ministry kingly, prophetic, and priestly ministry, but I am not concerned about that. All I want you to see today is that Christ is sitting down on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So from the Apostles' Creed to our own confession, larger catechism, sitting down the session of Christ received a distinct attention. Normally, think about our Christian life. We talk about incarnation during Christmas season. And Easter, we talk about resurrection. That's all we talk about. Incarnation, baby Jesus, God coming down on earth, God, man. And by Easter, we have to talk about passion of Christ, sufferings of Christ, and his death, burial, resurrection. I remember in this church, in this place, preaching about ascension of Christ. But that's not the end. Christ's exaltation 
comprehends within it sitting down on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's something very new to many, many Christians. Why is this important? Why is this session important? Obviously, you do not want to, and you cannot separate resurrection, ascension, session, and return. You do not want to do that. You cannot do that. But for our time's sake, we will consider a distinct faith. But why is this important? Listen to Albert Moeller. He's commenting on the Apostles' Creed, Ascension and Decession. Christians fail to meditate on and apply in their lives the glorious reality of Jesus enthroned on high with cosmos at his feet. Without the ascension of Jesus, the gospel possesses no present power. When Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, he inaugurated a new age of hope founded upon his completed ministry. Listen to Thomas Watson, the the body of divinity. In his resurrection, he was exalted above the grave. In his ascension, He was exalted above the airy and starry heavens. But in his sitting at God's right hand, he was exalted far above the highest heavens. Referring to Ephesians 4.10. Resurrection is really over the grave. Ascension is going above the heavens. But the highest place of his exaltation is his session. Philippians chapter 2, that famous passage. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. We normally think of that exalting him as kind of an honor given to him for all that he has done. But according to the scriptures, God not only honored him by exalting him, but God has given him a place. Highly exalted him to his right hand side. Obviously, God does not have hands. That's a a figure of speech. Right hand. In Hebrew, that's Yamin, Benjamin, Benjamin, the right hand. Right hand always signified place of what? Co-equal reigning, power, and glory. So, all at this point, I simply want you to know the session of Christ is a distinct category that the Christian church has been meditating upon for 2,000 years. I don't know how many people would, would meditate upon that. But you will see the benefit of this today. Now, we are going to look at those texts that I've given you. Don't faint. I know there are a lot of passages, but don't, don't faint yet. I'll be brief. Take a deep breath and, and try to breathe. It's okay. We can look at some texts. But first point, before even we look at the session of Christ and all these passages, that we could already make one conclusion already. 
There are so many passages that talk about the session of Christ in the Bible. That's the first point. It is not a, a, a fringe idea by some man, made up theology. But you'll be surprised today that the session of Christ receives consistent and actually major attention from the Word of God itself. So let's look at the first text, Matthew 26. Jesus is being questioned by the high priest. He is under great stress. And listen to how Jesus answers them. Matthew 26. But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. What does Jesus say? Once again, he is under great stress. Jesus said to him, you have said it yourself. I don't have to answer. You just said it. I am the Son of God. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Whenever you see those capital letters in the New Testament in NAS or LSB, that's the quotation from the Old Testament. Do you know? Let me give you a quiz. Do you know what's the most quoted Bible passage, Old Testament passage in the New Testament? The most quoted Bible verse of the Old Testament in the New Testament. Do you know what it is? It is Psalm 110, verse 1. That is the most quoted Old Testament verse that the New Testament authors quote over and over again. And that's that. Sitting down at my right hand side. So listen to this. Jesus answering the high priest. He says, you will see the Son of Man. That's Jesus, him. Son of man sitting at the right hand of power, quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1, and coming on the clouds of heaven. That's quoting uh, Daniel chapter 7. So as, as the suffering servant, Jesus remained silent as he was being accused. But he was not trying to forget about what, is hap what was happening around him. He was not suffering mindlessly, trying to empty his mind, going to some kind of a, you know, Zen mode or something like that. In his mind, it was clear, as he was being questioned, he was looking at the glory that he would receive from the Father, namely, sitting on the right hand of power. That's what Jesus was seeing in front of him. And he's coming again. And, and he will be the judge of all the earth. So Hebrews 12, 2, look at it. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So sitting down, as you have seen in Matthew 26, is part of his joy set before him. That's how he endured. Not only that he will save his people, but also that he will sit down. There's something about sitting down. That's part of his joy. Despising the shame. And, what does it say? And has sat 
down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 2. This is Peter's sermon at Pentecost. The very first post-resurrection sermon recorded in the New Testament. And you know what happens after this. Thousands of people come to Christ. And it is in my own this past week as I've been... Really, this, this was research all week. Especially Peter's mind. Oh, Paul too. But there, you, you, you figure it out. Peter has something about Jesus sitting down on the right hand side of God. Listen to his preaching. Chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. And here it is, verse 33. Therefore... Having been exalted to the right hand of God, he does not stop at the resurrection. Peter does not say Jesus was raised. That's all we need. All we need is resurrection life. That's not what he says. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, when? After the exaltation. He has poured forth this which you both see and hear, what's happening in Pentecost. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Psalm 110, verse 1. Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him, Jesus Christ, Both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. It is very important that you see that verse 36, that God has made him both Lord and Christ. When? Listen carefully. It is not at the time of resurrection that God made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Yes, Resurrection in and of itself declares that. But from Peter's mind, he had to ascend and he had to sit on the right hand of God. Only after that, God the Father gives him the Holy Spirit. And as he is enthroned on the right hand of God the Father, he pours out the Holy Spirit on this day. Do you see what's happening? So in one sense, unless Christ is exalted and sitting down as Lord and Christ, if I could put it this way, he cannot pour out his spirit for the salvation of his church. That's why he says God has made him after verse 33, 34, and 35 You see, the full picture of Christ as your Savior and Lord comes only after Christ's exaltation and his session. Because session means not simply his resting because he was tired, but then only after sitting, all things are subjected under his feet. Only then Christ becomes the Lord. Curious over all the earth. Very important. 
is not Christ's self-exaltation. It is God raising him from the dead. It is God raising him all the way up to heaven onto his right-hand side. It is God the Father gives him the Holy Spirit. Then Christ pours out his own spirit to his church to save the sinners. And then God has made him both Lord and Christ. Let's look at another passage, Acts 5. Peter, once again, explaining the situation to the authorities. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had to put to death by hanging him on a cross. Again, Peter does not stop there. Verse 31, He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand. Same thing as Acts 2. He says, as a prince and a savior. When? When God exalted him to his right hand as a prince and a savior. So you see, there's a sense in which Jesus is a savior as soon as he came down on the earth. But in this case, there is that fulfillment of all that Christ has achieved and when God has exalted to his right hand, only then, in some sense, he becomes a prince and a savior in the fullest sense. For what? To grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. You see that? exaltation of Christ, but especially his sitting down on the right hand. And Jesus Christ then becomes the prince and the savior for his people. Not simply at the resurrection. That, that is the point. It's not simply at the resurrection Jesus becomes the Lord. Yes, as death conquering Lord, yes, he has declared himself to be the son of God by the Holy Spirit at the resurrection. But there is much more than resurrection over the grave, as Thomas Watson says. And he had to ascend, and he had to sit down, and then he becomes really, in fullest sense, the prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Why? Because he has to pour out his promised Holy Spirit. So without session of Christ, there is no salvation for his church. It's not simply at the resurrection that we are saved. What Peter is saying is that the Pentecost, pouring out of his Holy Spirit to the church, to save his church, the elect, happened because he's sitting down. And only after sitting down, he has received the promised Holy Spirit from the Father, and he pours out his Spirit on this day. The day of salvation has come because Jesus is sitting down. Philippians 2, again. Every tongue will confess, every knee shall bow. When? To Christ, who is exalted by God, to the highest place. Did you, did you get that? It's not that after the resurrection they are bowing, bowing down. 
But God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name. When? After the exaltation. What is implied is obviously sitting down as well. Ephesians 1. Let's look at Ephesians 1. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And this is Apostle Paul speaking. Seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Why is that important? Verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name, name that is named. Not only in this age but also in the, in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head or head over all things to the church. So Christ exercises his headship over his church when and where? As he is sitting on the right hand in the heavenly places. Why? Because then everything, all the dominion is subjected under his feet. That's the place from which Christ reigns over his church. Where? Again, not on the cross, not at the resurrection, not at the ascension, but as the Lord sitting down. And that he subjected all things under his feet. And he benefits his church from that place. Look at Hebrews 10, 12. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Why do they keep saying this? What's the point of it? Why are here in this case, Jesus Christ, he offers himself as a sacrifice, but it is a perfect sacrifice. So having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time by giving himself perfect sacrifice, he sits down. Why? Because there's no need. There is no need to give any more sacrifices to God because Jesus Christ gave himself up for us once and for all. And it says emphatically, set down at the right hand of God, telling us his sacrifice is complete. There's nothing to add to Christ's sacrifice. Catholic Mass, breaking of his bread and shedding of his blood on the altar every communion service, it doesn't stand. Because Christ, after offering himself as one perfect sacrifice, he sat down. Done. Therein lies our security for our salvation. Let's look at First Peter. We're almost done. Again, Peter. I think Peter, who witnessed Christ from beginning to the end of his public ministry, I think something really struck within him. Peter. Over and over again, he sees Christ not simply raised from the dead, but he's keep telling us this, 1 Peter 3. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what's, what's, what's next? 
who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. Last one, Revelation 3.21, He who overcomes, I will, this is Jesus speaking, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. That's the promise to his church. You persevere. You hold on to your faith. When you overcome, I will let you sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. That should be our vision. You see, you see Jesus Christ, Matthew 26, he was seeing his sitting down. That's how he overcame the cross. For you and I, it's the same thing. What should be our vision? Our vision should be there, Revelation 3.21. That when we overcome, God will give us the reward, just as God has given their reward to Christ, that I will sit down with Christ in his throne, reigning with Christ for all eternity. So let's make a conclusion. So the session of Christ is his glory, his vindication for his death, completion of salvation, is his victory, his subjecting of all things, his reward, his rest, his universal reign, and that's where he rules and benefits his church. And the last one is Ephesians 2. Look at verse 6. God raised us up with him, already by the Holy Spirit, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, already. It's not, not yet, but already we are sitting with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And after examining all these passages, that should give you a, a, a better understanding of our current status. Let me just give you a few applications. First of all, as I've said, what I wanted to think about in my own mind as I look forward to 2023, there are just so many uncertainties. I mean, even just rewind back to a few years back. We did not have to worry about, as a church, about virus or losing this place because of pandemic. It's not over. So I worry about that. I'm anxious about that. I, we, cannot, we cannot be put out of this place once more. That, I tell you, that's my biggest fear. And where is my comfort? Where is my consolation? There's none. Except for me to see Christ sitting down. Is somebody in control? The session of Christ. Jesus is not busy running around calling this person up, this guy up. He is in control. This is very practical. You are anxious and you are afraid for this year because you do not know what's going to happen. Really, it's terrifying. Where is your comfort? 
Last Sunday was Emmanuel God. Today is the vision, heavenly vision, filling your mind that Christ is calm, poised, and all-powerful Christ, your Savior, is in control by sitting down. Number two is this. Mark Jones says this. Jesus did not rise from the dead alone. He did not ascend alone. And he does not sit in glory alone. No, he rose, ascended, and sits as the husband of his bride, the church. He took with him into glory all his people upon his breast so that we are as secure as he is in the heavenly places. Let me add on word to that. We talked about briefly Ephesians 2.6, how we are already seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is not visible. Christ's resurrection, ascension, and session was not visible to all men. Resurrection, we really didn't know what, how it happened. They just found the empty tomb. There's no description of how Jesus came back to life. His ascension, only his disciples saw it. His session, currently, only those of us by the authority of the word and through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, by faith we behold that. So our session in Christ is not something that you could, you could prove to other people. But we have to be content with it. We do not have to prove our worth to anyone. You persevere in it. You live your life for God's glory. And we know already from the word that we are already sitting down and we will sit down with him. This week, as I've been thinking about this and meditating upon it, whenever there is a fear, whenever there was fear in my own heart, I was thinking about this. So I hope and pray this year, you will be bold for Christ. We live, live for Christ. We die, we die for the Lord. And we sing and worship this sitting Jesus. That's where we bow down. That's where the myriads of heavenlies, they bow down in the revelations as he's sitting down. So as you think about this, it will enhance your worship. And you will ask Jesus for many things because he's sitting on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. I will give one last quote and I'll be done. William Abraco, he is a Dutch Reformed guy, and I've been searching everywhere for the session of Christ this week. Not everyone talks about the session of Christ, but this guy, Abraco, he has a lot on it. But he says this, Consideration of Christ's humiliation in conjunction with his exaltation. He's talking about exaltation, the whole phases, four phases. Will yield much growth, comfort, and strength. That is the beginning of heaven. What is? You meditating upon Christ's humiliation and his exaltation. Today, his session. As you meditate upon it, it is the beginning of heaven. 
where the beholding of Christ in his glory will be the eternal joy and occupation of the elect according to the prayer of Christ, John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. And we could do that today by meditating upon Jesus sitting down in his exalted state.